0: Welcome to Family Office Secrets. We're about to pull back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. What you're about to hear are things that no one else wants to tell you. We're a group of driven business leaders who are driven for more. We are not satisfied with the ordinary. Our motivation is building an amazing life of significance and changing the world for the better. Because we're building amazing companies, our lives are complicated. We can't rely on traditional advisors with ordinary advice to get us to our goals. Instead, we look to the super rich and ultra wealthy business owners to guide the way. But the fact is, these solutions remain hidden from most of us because relatively few professionals are well versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't want you to know about them. Welcome to Family Office Secrets, where we are driven for more. We are hashtag driven for more, and these are our stories.
1: Wow, am I excited today. We've got uh, Laura Regal from Car Real Estate here. And one of the big concerns so many of you face is wealth protection. It's maximizing your cash flow. And by the end of our conversation today, you're going to know what rights you have when it comes to negotiating your lease. You're going to have a much better understanding of what goes into getting a fair market term for your lease. And even better, you're going to feel excited the next time you get ready to go negotiate and get those terms going. So Laura Regal has worked in the dental industry for over 20 years, both as a clinician and a dental hygienist. And she also works for one of the largest dental distributors. Her unique background really helps clients with their real estate needs. It allows her to achieve an outcome that will ensure your practice's success. She represents hundreds of dentists every single year, saving them and you significant money as you grow your practice. And for those of you who don't know, Car Healthcare Real Estate is one of the largest national providers of commercial real estate services for healthcare tenants and buyers. And Laura, Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yeah, I am so thrilled to have you here. And, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they're really not quite sure what you do.
2: So tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. So Carr is a commercial real estate firm based out of Colorado. We literally started 15 years ago with a couple guys meeting in a meeting room at a hotel. And now we've grown to a nationwide company helping dentists throughout the country over two thousand transactions yearly, uh, just in the dental community, and growing every year. So very exciting to be a part of that. We kind of unique in our focus is specializing specifically on healthcare. But in addition, we only represent the tenant and buyer, and what that means is a little different than some of the other real estate companies out there, that there's no conflict of interest. So when I meet a client, I'm taking them to the building or the property that makes the most sense for their needs, not because I'm the listing agent and I'm going to get an incentive or a kickback from the property owner or the landlord to then bring them to that building. I'm not trying to double dip or any conflict of interest in that. I'm only representing the tenant and my fiduciary relationship relies solely with them.
1: So, if I'm a medical practitioner and I'm looking for a new lease space and I call you versus, say, the listing agent, you touched on something very, very important there, and that's fiduciary obligation. So, walk us through that and kind of those conflicts of interest that you just mentioned.
2: Sure. So, this is what we see a lot in the market. Client is looking for a new space, maybe they're a startup or they're thinking of relocating their office, and they drive the market and they see a sign on a building for lease. So then they make a telephone call and the listing agent of course says, sure, I can help you with that. Are, Are you working with anybody? And they say no. And then they say, sure, come and meet me at the building. We'll take a tour. I'll help you get a good terms and we'll go from there. The problem with that is that they were hired by the landlord to represent the building. And so there's a conflict of interest there if they're then representing you in the lease negotiations for that space. Who's going to win in that battle there?
1: Yeah, you're right. I, I, I really don't have anyone watching out for my interest. And if you're that medical professional listening to this, you don't have anyone watching out
2: for your best interest. And so that's really what you do though, isn't it? Absolutely. So when we get involved, we protect you through this process. So touring sites, we help with site selection. We then, because of our market knowledge being here locally in whatever market you're in, we. Know exactly what parameters we want. How many operatories do you need? Because we all have experience working with specific healthcare practitioners, we kind of have an understanding. You know, I understand if you say four operatories, generally that's about 300 square feet. I can do some quick math and really narrow down the searches so I know what's the best fit for you. And I have a conversation on what type of patients do you want to see? You know, what's important to you from a location standpoint? Really narrowing down those needs and then finalizing it to a search that makes sense for you. Parking is a huge requirement in medical space, which in Los Angeles is always a challenge. But we're able to find buildings that will work with our clients, and we help them through the entire process.
1: Wow. So, right, it's not just site selection. It's really understanding the practice that I'm running and helping me find space that's going to work well for me. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now all of this must be pretty expensive to do. So I mean, why should I I pay you a lot of money when I can
2: do it on my own? Well, the best part of that is our services are no charge to the clients. So, similar as if you've ever bought a home, Tim, you know when you went into that transaction, the seller paid the agent, and then that fee was split between both the your agent and the selling agent. So the same thing in commercial. So there's a listing agent or a property manager already assigned to the space who's going to be the one kind of doing the negotiations. If you go into this without having your own representation, they will just keep that entire fee that's already been set aside for this transaction. So you're going in unrepresented. They're not going to give you the half of their fee and split it with you. That just goes all in their pocket. And meanwhile, they're not really looking out for your best interest through this process.
1: Wow. That's very, very fascinating because I know many of our listeners are thinking, well, how do I pay for this? Right. I've already got enough expenses going on. And and yes, you're doing something valuable, but, but I can't afford to pay more money. Well, in this case, you literally are just splitting the commission that's already baked in that the owner of the building is buying then, right? What a great way to come in there and add value for medical practitioners.
2: Yes. And typically when we get involved in the deal process, we, we, are able to save our clients 20 to 30% more than they would have negotiated on their own.
1: You and I were discussing earlier and right and it's always hard to get exact statistics because you are a national company but but on average I think you see what somewhere around 80% of healthcare practitioners overpaying for their leases is is that correct?
2: Yes, that's kind of a national average. So obviously every market has its own nuances, but especially depending on when you signed up for the lease, you know, we've had some changes in our markets. So sometimes people had signed pre-recession and they were paying the top of the market. Well, then things crashed and then it was time for the renewal and they were paying maybe a dollar more than the current fair market rate. And that's one of the things we always try to educate our clients on is their lease options. Their Is an assumption out there that there's no negotiation that can happen on the back end of the lease option. And that's actually not true. We've been very successful in coming in and renegotiating those terms after the initial lease term. You don't have to accept just the option, you also have a right to exercise that or not exercise that. So it's important to understand what the fair market is right now and be able to have somebody protect you through that next lease option.
1: Okay, because I think lease options, and I think my only option is I have to pay it, right? So so walk me through what some of these options you're, you're talking about are, because I know that's a point of confusion for a lot of our listeners, right? What are options? How do they work? What are things that, that you can do to to structure the deal to make it a much better deal for everyone?
2: Sure. So after your initial lease term expires, typically there's maybe one five-year, two five-year options that you can exercise at the end of that initial term. What we like to do is come in and take a look at the fair market rate. We want to see what the current rate is because generally with escalations, most clients are already paying over market at that time. We also want to take a look at if you're on a full service gross or a modified gross lease, which are just different types of leases that are available. We want to take a look at what's called a base year. And what that means is it's how your charges for the operating expenses for the building are billed. So if that rate is not reset at your renewal of your option, you could be paying thousands of dollars more every year for operating expenses that you really don't need to pay. In addition, sometimes we can get clients a month or two of free rent. Sometimes we're able to get tenant improvement allowance to freshen up their space, new paint, new flooring, you know, a couple new ceiling tiles, things like that which then frees up some capital for them to invest in other things that they may want to do, hire a new staff member, or invest in technology to really grow their practice.
1: Interesting. Now, the other thing I'm thinking as I, I listen to you is, you know, maybe I'm getting ready to sell my practice here in the next couple of years. Why the heck does a lease matter? Is, is, is it even important for me to engage you? Why don't I let the new person deal with it?
2: Absolutely. So, Uh, Not having a properly negotiated lease in place is the number one reason why practice sales don't go through. So the bank will need that, a 10-year lease minimum in place in order to fund the practice acquisition. So a lot of times selling doctors wait until the very last year that their lease is up and then they just leave it all in the buyer's hands, which is a very short window. We're talking about a 30 to 45-day window to close on this practice transition, During that time, you're trying to get all of your financing approved and everything with the bank, and then you're scrambling to then work out this lease. The landlord then knows about the sale of the practice. He knows you want to buy the practice. So things can be really difficult to get completed in that short timeframe. And also, it's not always the best time to try to get you the most favorable concessions. What we like to do and educate sellers is kind of treat it like you would your home. So you got a couple years left on your lease. You're in a position to renew. Let's renegotiate favorable terms now. Let's set up proper assignment language in the lease. Let's get you some paint and flooring to freshen up your space. It's kind of like, you know, redoing your kitchen and your bath before you sell your home. Mm -hmm. It's going to show better you're gonna be re-energized when you come into work because you're just gonna feel better about the space. Your patients are gonna be more excited to come into the space. It's going to be more attractive to a potential buyer. And then the sale just happens seamlessly because there's already a good favorable lease terms in place that's market terms. The space has been moderately updated. There's not going to be any contingencies holding up the loan from the bank for the funding. So it's just a much smoother transition.
1: All right, so a little bit of work up front, and I can get some landlord money to fix my practice up, to update things, to really make it show better. Even if I'm not ready to sell just yet, I can start planning for that and doing some pre sale planning. So by the time that new buyer walks in, we've got that fresh paint, we've got that fresh carpet, the office is looking clean and updated. And more importantly, we've got a lease that's been properly negotiated, the bank's really going to like. And really, in essence, you're helping the deal go through before it ever started. Absolutely. Very, very important. And these are missed so often. Now, you know you, miss a, you know, you mentioned assignment language. Talk to me a little bit about there and what's some dangers, right? For those who don't know, what is assignment language? What's, what's going on
2: there? So the assignment is just a clause within the lease that states that the lease is allowed to be transferred to another practitioner should the sale of the practice occur sometimes though i've seen stipulations excessive fees for the transfer of a lease sometimes i've seen that the seller is then responsible for as being a you know guarantor for a certain amount of time i've seen up to 5 years and most of my doctors when they sell the practice they're ready to go to costa rica and lay on the beach not having to be financially then still responsible for the lease payments should something happen with the buyer in the practice. So we like to make sure we write in and and I don't write this in because it's obviously I'm not a lawyer. I refer them to a dental attorney for this, but during the negotiations, I put in some, you know, language that I would like to see. And then I have a conversation with their legal team to make sure that, Hey, the landlord's willing to do this and offer these concessions. This is what they're willing to do with assignment. You may want to address this further and that sounds like
1: something that can so often get missed. So let's say, you know, I've got my lease in place and I got right it was a 15-year term, you know, 5 years left. What can I do when I when I'm near the end? I right do, do I have to wait it out 5 more years or or can you start that negotiation
2: process early sometimes? So the landlord knows he has a lease in place for X amount of term. So they're usually not excited about doing any type of renegotiation prior to their <laughs> expiration since you know, hey, I have a I have a money wheel coming in. Why would I want to change anything? But they will be open to discussions usually somewhere around the twelve to fifteen months out from the lease expiring, where we can get involved and start that process. because keep in mind, This is one of the biggest mistakes people make during their lease negotiations is not giving themselves enough time. If you have a strategy in place that, hey, I need to have some help here with this negotiation because I'm paying maybe over market rate or I'm in a position where I'm out of space or or anything. These landlords understand that it takes five, six, maybe even eight months, depending on permits, whichever market you're in to build out a dental space. You call them three months before and you have not started these negotiations, they know you're bluffing that you're not moving or going anywhere because there's not enough time for you to build out an office. And there's nobody who's going to start construction on another office if they haven't spoken and started their lease negotiations. So there's a strategy behind how we work and how we accomplish getting these favorable terms for our clients. And it's really important to have an understanding of that game plan. And we always communicate directly with our clients to begin with that this is how we're able to accomplish the best and most favorable terms for you. It's scary. And I understand if you can't do that and you need to be able to sleep at night, but this is how we're going to get you the best terms. And this there's there's a strategy behind this. I'm not just going into this winging it. I know the market. I know what terms we can accomplish. I've negotiated maybe a deal in this building or in the neighborhood. So I know what the fair market is. And understanding the timelines and when to communicate and letting me kind of handle all of that process.
1: Because as medical practitioners, right, you're good at being a medical practitioner. You you, you shouldn't be an expert in lease negotiation, right? That's, that's not your skill set. And so often delegating this to a true professional who understands the market, who knows what's going on, you can create a ton of additional value. So, so, so important, Laura. Now, mistakes. You ever see anyone make a couple mistakes or, or, or you or you see some bad leases? Tell us some of the horror stories that you've seen.
2: Well, I've seen people sign leases where during the sale of the practice, they were required to give the landlord 25%. Wait,
1: wait, wait,
2: wait say that again? <laughs> yes. The, they were required 25% of the sale of the practice to then pay back to the landlord, which is just insane. And I mean, that could be your retirement that you were saving for. I've seen relocation clauses in leases that at any time the landlord could move you to another location within the building. And they're only required to give you what they feel is accommodation expenses, which doesn't help if you've built out a million dollar practice and you have all high-end equipment and, and flooring and beautiful lighting and then they want to relocate you, which if it's in the lease, they technically can. And they're not required to pay you what you spent to build out the office. So some loopholes that really are very scary, as we talked about from the assignment, being liable for the lease for maybe a year, five years, any of that is a really big risk that you're taking financially. So making sure that you understand those. Also, I think Sometimes what doctors do is they just push too hard. I mean, the landlord is always going to win. They're never going to take a deal to their own detriment where they're losing money on it. And sometimes people go into leases not really understanding what's fair. And I've seen people push too hard and the landlord just walk away from the deal and tell them, hey, I don't care if you move out. And then they're scrambling because then they don't have any space. And then they're forced to take a deal that really wasn't good to begin with for them and they pushed too too hard and then now have nothing. And I think they just don't understand really what makes the most sense financially. I see a lot of clients fighting for pennies instead of looking at the bigger picture of all the other concessions that were available to them that maybe long term will make more sense to them financially. So we work really hard to Run numbers. I don't guess at anything. Everything gets put into a spreadsheet. Everything gets organized by financials. I always recommend, of course, speak with your CPA, speak with your wealth advisors, speak with your lawyers about these issues. But there's no guesswork here. This is all numbers and what makes the most sense long-term for you financially.
1: Yeah. So you're listening to the Family Office Secrets podcast with Tim McNeely. And today we've got Laura Regal from Car Real Estate, and she is going through how to negotiate your lease and some of the expertise, some of the the strategies and tactics that that she uses with medical professionals that she works with to really help them get great rates, fair market rates, and protect the practice. And we were just talking about something so important. You know, here at LifeStone, we really see five key concerns that people have. The fourth biggest one is wealth protection, right? We want to protect everything that you've worked so hard for. And one of the biggest destroyers of wealth, as we've just talked about, can be a bad lease. Some horror stories that we've heard about the landlord being able to renegotiate your entire practice because they put a little clause in there. And Laura is so carefully pointing out some of the errors, some of the mistakes, some of the little things that you want to pay attention to as you're doing lease negotiations. So Laura, let's continue kind of on on some of those mistakes that you've seen. We've talked about, you know, the, the assignment. We've talked about, you know, the landlord being able to move you to a different space. What are some other things that pop up that we may not be aware of?
2: Well, of course, you know, the number one is just understanding that they have the right to hire representation and be protected through this process. I've had clients say, Well, my landlord told me if I hire somebody that it's going to cost me more money in the long run, which is illegal and a violation against real estate ethics in California Hmm. and code. You are entitled to representation and it is your right to hire somebody to protect you through this process since you're not a real estate agent and not really understanding that that's not true. So I think clients have not had an understanding that this is available and they've done these deals by themselves in the past and felt like they got pretty good rates and terms, or, you know, they asked their neighbor down the hall what they're paying and they kind of based that off of what they should be paying. And The funny and unique thing about real estate is that even in a medical building, and that technically has the same address, and we're just having different suite numbers, every unit is unique, whether it be from the location, who's closer to the elevator, who has a better view, who has more square footage. So, no two properties are the same even in a condo building. So it's important to understand that just because your neighbor got that rate, that doesn't mean that you're going to get that rate or that you couldn't get a better rate. So your real estate transaction has to be handled separately and as an individual.
1: And I like what you've said so many times. It's about getting a fair market deal, right? A, A good deal for both parties that really is going to protect the leasee's interest and in their practice and everything that's going on, right? So important to stay protected in this process. And the lowest rate on the lease may actually end up being the most expensive. So now you were just working on a deal that, that you were telling me about. The doctor had been in the practice for a while, I believe, and the other doctor retired, sold the practice, and you were able to do some pretty spectacular stuff in there. What were you able to achieve for that doctor?
2: yeah this is a great story and it was a really big win that we were celebrating so a younger doctor comes in back in 2006 bought the practice from a gentleman who had been working there for over 25 years and the lease was already you know 6 years in so basically back in 2000 he had tried to negotiate the new lease terms with another firm that's not local to California And was completely unsuccessful in getting any reduction in rate or any tenant improvement or any free rent. So, you know, she buys into the practice in 2006 and then turn around now the lease from 2000 is 2010 is expiring at 2020. So I get involved and she hires me to represent her as a referral from another client of mine. And we are able to negotiate on a five-year deal, a $0.75 reduction on the rate, which over the course of five years ended up being over $100,000. We also were able to get $60,000 in tenant improvement allowance to update the space, paint cabinets, new flooring, new tile, new countertops. We also were able to get one month of free rent which was like a five thousand dollar value. And then landlords agreed to also replace the HVAC in the building, which is, you know, hundreds of <laughs> thousands of dollars and lost it cost every month for just poor air conditioning, you know, on the bill, but then also in addition, just the actual unit itself and the long term. So just an absolute huge win. And you know, she was so pleased and already referring me to other clients just really coming in and understanding she was on board the whole time with our strategy. She understood that I have a, I have a game plan in place. These are what I need you to do in order for us to get the most favorable terms. And part of that is not taking the landlord stopping in and you're not taking them to the back for cookies and and coffee, you know, on the lunch break. It's important that I handle all the conversation and that I take care of all the negotiations to really maintain our posture or our our game plan of how we're transacting through this. And she followed suit all the way through and we really came away with a big win. I mean, over the course of five years, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's, it's life changing.
1: Wow. Right. What an amazing, amazing result that you were able to get for this doctor. Absolutely incredible. Right. Goes back to, right. And the second biggest concern that, that our listeners that you listening have is typically wealth enhancement. How do you improve your cash flow? What a great way to improve your cash flow by negotiating your lease, getting fair market value, and having a true expert come in there and get terms that are favorable for you, right? You need someone in your corner. You need someone watching your back and watching out for your best interest. And, you know, and and so often in real estate, we forget that, right? You know, I've bought a couple houses in my life and I always make sure I've got my own agent on the team because I want someone who has my best interest. Their fiduciary duty is to me not the other side right you want to trust but verify you want professionals whose goals are aligned with yours not the other side and that's exactly what what Laura does for medical professionals what throughout most of southern california what, what areas do you have the the privilege of serving
2: so my territory i mean we cover the entire state of california but specifically i cover from bakersfield over to san luis obispo south to kind of where the 101 crosses over the mountain so nothing into over the mountains into LA, but
1: uh, Sherman Oaks and Ceno down to that area. Okay. Yeah, you know, right. we go into negotiation. I've, I've actually been watching a fantastic masterclass with Chris Voss, an FBI negotiator, hostage negotiator, one of the best of the best. And he goes into some negotiation strategies and there really are strategies that can be used to get better outcomes. So, so how are you working and learning on your strategies and always improving and upping your game?
2: That is a great book, Tim. I actually read it myself and it is very helpful in real estate negotiations to understand both sides wants and how you can get a win for your client. So one of the things that we do is the landlord has to have the concern that you might not be attendant there any longer. And so we have to give the image that you have other options because if they think you can't or won't move, then they win. Hmm. Now, I know that nobody really wants to move, (laughs) but if you don't give that illusion, and how we do that is by touring the market. So we meet and we go and look at other properties. And I will say, honestly, about 30% of the time, my clients end up liking another space so much from whether it be better views or visibility, or just the, the building has been updated, that they end up actually moving mm. anyhow, which wasn't even the original plan, but they're so much happier, like, oh, I could really use this other operatory, or this, you know, just the ease of traffic here, or the or the parking is better here. So they actually end up moving, that's not always our intention, but it's important for clients to see what the market is like, because when their landlord comes back with a deal, they can really do a comparison between other properties in the immediate area and know, hey, am I really getting a fair deal here or not? And they can feel better about the deal moving forward. Or maybe they make a decision and they decide, hey, no, this other building is going to work better for me. And I like the concessions that I'm getting. And I think long-term, this would be a better solution for me. It's ultimately not my decision where they go. My job is just to get them a fair market terms for whatever place they feel is best for their practice for the future.
1: That's interesting what you said is, right, you need to really understand the market. You know, it may not be your intention to move, but you need to at least present that I may do this, right, and I'm serious enough, I've got other comps, and 30% of the time, that's a real risk for the landlord is you may leave, right? And how fascinating is that, that people have actually found better spaces and ended up happier even though it wasn't their intention to move. And that's something I tell people all the time, look at your options, right? You always need to be aware of what's out there because the more you look, the more you understand, the better you can make choices to really optimize your financial world and the things you're doing. What a great thing that, that you're able to to bring to medical professionals.
2: Yeah, it's really rewarding. I think being on this side of the business model has been such a wonderful fit for me that, you know, as a dental hygienist, I was somebody who gave back and I loved treating patients and helping them and, you know, helping them with their healthcare and providing a service. And I truly feel like I'm doing the same kind of work here with CAR. I'm helping these doctors with their practice, which ultimately ends up, changing their lifestyle when I'm able to save them, you know, even fifty thousand dollars. I mean that, that pays for a year of UCLA. <laughs> you know, it's it's putting your kids through a year of college. It's buying that boat. It's taking that dream vacation. It's it's whatever you want to do with that. Or investing it back with you, Tim, and you can put it into some mutual fund for them. But it really just feels good to help people and the feedback i've gotten and the testimonials and the fact that my clients are referring me to other clients it just it makes me feel so good that i'm i'm really making a difference in and helping people and and honestly making sure that they're not taken advantage of yep right i mean even
1: on the low side right let's say you save you know someone five grand a year or something right uh, right that's fifty thousand dollars over a 10-year lease and you know what five grand that's that's an extra little trip per year right that's a really nice vacation somewhere Right. That's a week away. Right. And so right, this has real tangible impact for the medical professionals, the doctors that, that you have the privilege of serving. Right. What a great way to make an impact is keep more money in your pocket instead of giving it to other people.
2: Yes. And sometimes there's not. I will be completely honest. I did a, a deal a couple months ago and I, I wasn't able to get any financial concessions for this client. But what I did do was release the liability on the assignment from five years down to one year. So, you know, while there wasn't a financial upfront concession there, the mental clarity that he has now from knowing that he's only liable for one year of if he sells the practice rather than five years was a huge win. So it helps out. In
1: that case, was the the doctor even aware that he had a five-year assignment before you came in and started looking at these things? No, no. Right, so so you were able to to point out a a very right being on the hook for five years after you sell your business. Who wants that? Right, and you were able to reduce that to twelve months. Right, what an amazing, amazing thing. So, Laura, how can people get in contact with you?
2: Well, you can check us out on our website. It's www.car.us. You can forward slash healthcare and it'll take you directly to the healthcare specific link. We also specialize in veterinary optometry, PT, chiropractic, so wide, vast resource within that healthcare. And you can kind of go into the subsections. You can also call me directly. My cell phone is 424-313-4228. My contact information is on the website. and You can also email me at laura.regle.car.us. L-A-U-R-A All
1: right. We'll post these links and, and contact information for everyone too. And I would highly recommend this to everyone. If you're looking for your first base, if you're thinking about getting out in the next couple of years, really no matter where you are, talk to a professional, talk to Laura, let her review these leases for you. Because oftentimes there's major, major improvements as we've heard. And so, so Laura, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today?
2: Well, thank you, Tim, again, for letting me come on the show. And I think what's important to us is just educating the market so that they know that we're out there so many times I meet clients and they said, I wish I would have met you five years ago. I didn't even know that this was available. So we, just spreading the message that there are people out there who are able to help you and that we're here to, you know, talk to you through your options, give you advice and help you make the best decision for your practice.
1: Well, excellent. Right. And, and like I said, you know, so many of you listening today, you have complicated financial world and you want to optimize and you want everything working the way it should work so you can get back to working on your business doing what's important growing your wealth so you can take care of the people you love the causes you care about and you can keep changing the world and have a big impact that's what family office secrets is all about this is stuff the super rich have been doing for years and the beautiful thing is we're able to really bring that down to everyone. If you've got a medical practice, if you're a vet, if you're a dentist, if you're a doctor, pay attention to your lease. The the ability to increase cash flow, to protect yourself from the liabilities, so many good things can be done. But you need a guide. You need someone to help you out because you don't know what you don't know. And that's where people like Laura come in. Laura, Thank you so very much for coming here, for for sharing these little tips, right? Just these little things, right? Increasing value. So generous of you. We really appreciate you and your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me,
1: Tim. All right. And once again, this is Family Office Secrets. Thank you for joining us. Please, if you're thinking about negotiating your lease, talk to Laura. She's going to be able to help you out. Get out there. Make it a great day. I'm Tim McNeely, and I'm in your corner.
0: You've been listening to Family Office Secrets. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast as we've pulled back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. We'll have another podcast soon, but for more secrets used by today's more successful business owners, dentists, and entrepreneurs, visit the website at www.timmcneely.com. Till next time.